Good morning, everybody. Um, for those of you who have been asleep for the whole year, you know that we are, um, well, you don't know, I'm, t- I'm telling you, um, we're continuing our series of under construction God is building here. And the last couple of weeks, we've been looking specifically at Nehemiah. So um, two weeks ago, Becca spoke to us on um, Nehemiah 1, um, which, was what, which was prayer and what does your heart long for? Last week, Joe spoke to us on Nehemiah 2 under the title Send and was um, encouraging us to step into action. So this week, we're looking at Nehemiah 3 um, and our title is Strategy. So as as you all heard that we've got our vision day coming up. So our vision day is on the 1st of October, so in a couple of weeks. And our vision as a church last year was all about worship and mission. This year, you, if you've read your newsletters the last couple of weeks, you can see that our vision from, is going to be on grow. And as a church, we want to grow um, numerically. So we, wanna, we want to have more people come to know God. We want to grow um, financially. We want to have more resources at our disposal. And also, we want to grow spiritually. We want to, to step more into what God wants us um, to be doing. So today, when we're looking at Nehemiah 3, we're going to specifically be looking at... Um, at the strategy that Nehemiah used for our vision, um, for our vision day. So for us as Aaron Church, what is our vision? What is our strategy? Because Nehemiah had the vision of the wall around Jerusalem being rebuilt. He had that vision. And not only did he succeed in that vision, he was very, very efficient in it because the wall was built and it was built within 52 days, which is a humongous feat. So we're going to look to Nehemiah and see what some of the strategies he used and how we can use them in our vision um, for the next year. So the first um, thing that's highlighted to me, just, just saying Nehemiah 3 is basically a long list of names I can't pronounce and places I can't pronounce. So I'm not going to give you all a good laugh and try and read lots of it. We're just going to, I'm going to put it up here and be like, there you go. Is that, is that all right with everyone? <laughs> so the first thing that popped out to me in Nehemiah is again and again and again, it's just a long list of so-and-so built this part of a wall next to them was so-and-so and they built that part of the wall. And then the next section, the adjoining section was built by Thingamajig from Thingamabob who also then built that section and then the next section and then the next section and then the next section. And it gives you from the sheep gate, if you read through Nehemiah, the sheep gate, it starts with that point and goes anti-clockwise all the way around the walls and the gates of who built what section all the way back to the sheep gate okay and that is the whole of Nehemiah basically um, so you could be forgiven in thinking well it's just a list of names I'm just going to skip over this chapter but actually there's a lot of gold in there so I really would encourage you to go and read it um, yourselves and try and pronounce the names yourselves um, but yeah so the first thing that stood out to me was next to them next to them next to him next to her next to this family next to that family they all were standing shoulder to shoulder united all behind Nehemiah's vision next to each other next to each other next to each other. it wasn't Nehemiah over here that had a really great idea and he was off and God sent him Just like it had been for most of the Old Testament, we hear about single characters who God speaks to and sends them off. In Nehemiah, we have Nehemiah who has a vision and then the entire people were united behind that vision, stood shoulder to shoulder and all played a part. So my very first point is the first strategy that we can learn from Nehemiah 3 is that the people stood together. The people got behind the vision together. The people all played a part together. They were all behind this vision. And Aaron Church is 
our family. If you are a member of Aaron Church or if you attend here regularly, you are part of this family. You are part of Aaron Church. And so you, therefore, have a part to play in this vision. You, therefore, need to get together behind this vision because you are an integral part um, of this vision. Romans tells us that in Christ, we are many, but we are all one body and each member belongs to each other. So I, as a member of your family, belong to you and you, as a member of my family, belong to me. We all have an active part to play. We are all the same family. Like Kid President says, we're all on the same team. We're all playing and we're all playing together. So we should, like Jesus, who sets the example We're here to serve each other. It says in Matthew that Jesus came to the earth not to be served by people, but he came as a servant. So just like each and every one of us are here to faithfully serve each other and to to humbly love each other. We're all here to serve each other. Now on my way into church, maybe you feel like you've already been served this morning or maybe you feel, maybe you're not aware of how much you've been served already this morning. But as I walked into church, I walked in by myself and... And it was so lovely to be greeted by Pam and Trudy and Ashley and Kerry, who all not just said hello, but but chatted with me as I walked in. Somebody got here early and set out all of these chairs here, so I had a seat um, to sit on. Becca prayed for me this morning before I got up and spoke to you. Um, Red Yates sat and played with my son so I could worship God and kind of get my head and my thoughts um, in, in motion. Somebody was here early and I put the urns on, so after this I can go and have a cuppa. We have all been served by so many people this morning so it's we all have a part to play in church to serve each other to love each other to make Aaron church happen not just on a Sunday morning but throughout the whole but throughout the whole week and so the their building becomes efficient when we all put each other first when we all put each other's needs first and actively choose to maybe like serve each other and maybe get out of bed a bit earlier to, on a Sunday morning to come and serve um, to come and serve your family. Um, reasons why maybe a lot of us might not serve is that we might feel like we've got nothing to offer. We might feel like we've got no skills, no talents, nothing to give. We might feel like we haven't got enough time. We might feel that actually we've got a really specialist gift that God's given us, but at the minute Aaron Church doesn't need that gift. So actually, I'm just going to hold back and just wait till I can serve with this one specific gift. We may feel like we're too good. You know, we've got too much, we, we've got too experienced, too um, knowledgeable to put out chairs. You know, you feel like you should be speaking at the front or you feel like you should be doing something that's a bit, a bit higher up, I don't know, higher up in your um, view of things. But in the um, building of the wall, we had people building the fountain gate. So the fountain gate was the gate to the king's garden. So that might have been seen as potentially a really glamorous gate to build. But we also had people building the dung gate. Yeah, dung, waste, rubbish, all of that kind of, um, all that, like that sort of doesn't to me sound like a very glamorous job. But actually, arguably, probably the dung gate was more essential to the town then than the, than the fountain gate who knows but basically there is so many jobs all the jobs need to come together in order for the church to work efficiently and effectively and it's like having a jigsaw when you've got a big jigsaw if you're a, a jigsawer a jigsaw doer I don't know uh, yeah, a jigsaw. I'm going to go with that. If you were somebody who loves jigsaws, there's nothing more frustrating than getting to the end of the jigsaw and there being a couple of pieces missing. 
Now, them pieces are very unlikely to um, stop you from seeing what the whole picture is because they're only small, tiny pieces. You probably can see what's going on. You, get, you get, kind of can get all the information, but actually, that jigsaw is not complete and that jigsaw is not finished and that jigsaw does not look how the designer and the creator intended that picture to look and that's just like us as a church. Yeah, we can function if, if, if most people um, give their time, if most people serve, but actually... That is not how God intended Aaron Church to be. God intended every single person here to play an active part and to actively serve each other um, within the church. Um, So you'd think if they had built the wall really efficiently, really effectively, got it completed, got it done, then the people who were building the wall must have been the builders, the carpenters, the stonemasons, all the people that were really good labourers. But when, we look, when you look through Nehemiah, it doesn't mention one of those skill sets. It doesn't mention one of those careers. What it mentions in verse 1, we've got a high priest and we've got the priests. In verse 8, we have got the goldsmiths and the perfume makers. In verse 12, we've got um, the governors and the rulers. And in verse 29, we've got the, a guard. And throughout the whole of Nehemiah, there's lots of different careers and skill sets listed, but none that I would necessarily think would be the ideal skill set to build a wall. I don't know whether any of them had any experience at building a wall, but actually they just, th- they just offered their services. They just came together and they just got, rolled up their sleeves and got on and, and did it. Um, so anyone is included in building the wall. Now, throughout the chapter three, we've got listed... Um, We've got males and females listed. We've got um, three generations listed. So we've got father, son, and grandson listed as working together. So if you consider yourself young, middle-aged, old, all included, we've got noble people listed, and we've also got commoners listed. So if you fit into any one of those categories, you've got a part to play. You've got a part to um, offer. You've got a part to serve to serve this church it's not about what your current ability is it's not about what your current skill set is it's about whether you're available it's about whether you're available so it's about our availability not our ability God provides everything else we just need to be able to just come and say here I am God I don't know what I could do but I'm willing I'm here I'm ready use me It's completely our choice whether we choose to get involved um, in serving each other and in serving this community. It's completely our choice. And we have an example of that in in chapter 3. It talks about the men of Tekoa. Um, There was um, some guys from Tekoa who came and served and built the wall. But it says the noblemen of Tekoa would not stand shoulder to shoulder and work under their supervision. The nobles of Tekoa refused to be involved. Now, they're the only people in chapter 3 that are named that, ref- that refused to be involved. So on the one hand, you've got these people that are saying, no, I'm not going to roll my sleeves up for whatever reason. It doesn't say what reason. It doesn't say why. Maybe they were too busy. Maybe they um, felt like it, the work was beneath them. Maybe they had other commitments. I don't know. It doesn't say. We can only guess. But the men of Tekoa, regardless of what their kind of leaders did, decided that they were going to build the wall. And not only that, later on in chapter 3 at verse 28, it says that they had finished their task, they had finished their section, and then they went to Nehemiah and were like, yeah, we've done it, give us more. 
We're ready. So they then completed yet another section of wall. They were, they were willing. They went above and beyond what, they, what their part was to play. And so often that happens, doesn't it, in life? You have people who are not willing to do anything, and you have people who, who do way above and beyond um, what they need to do. I don't know about you, but if, if, my life, if my story was written down in history, I want to be part of the team that goes above and beyond. I don't want to be part of the team that, that's listed as not, as not being involved, not participating, not doing, doing their bit. So I want to encourage us all, let's be part of the team that says yes and not part of the team that says no. Because actually, if every single person says yes... I would, wouldn't you just love it if you turned around and, and said to Flix, Flix, I'd really love to be on setup. And Flix says, we've got a waiting list as long as my arm. You have to like get to the back of the queue. We've got so many people saying that they want to serve, that they want to give, that they want to contribute. We're going to have to expand. We're going to have to do more things because I haven't got enough things for people to serve in that I've got people who want to serve. Isn't, that would be incredible. How much more could we do? Um, so... Often, <laughs> awkward clapping. Um, often we can, when you are in the camp of not being involved, it's quite easy to be more critical. I don't know whether you, that's you or whether I'm just speaking for myself, but if I'm not involved in something, I can sit back and think, well, why are they doing it like that? I wouldn't have done it like that. That seems like a stupid way to do it. That doesn't seem very effective. I would have done it this way. I would have done it that way. But if you're involved in something, you have more understanding as to why something works, how it does. You have more grace for each other because you know how early you got there that morning or how much time or how much effort it took into preparing that. You have so much more grace for people. You have so much more insight and understanding. Whereas if we treat church like a vending machine and come in and think, well, nobody, I wanted to be welcome this morning and nobody welcomed me. And actually, I wanted to sit in this area, but there wasn't a, there wasn't a seat there and actually the worship leader didn't choose the songs that I liked and actually the word person didn't put the words up at the right time so how on earth am I expected to sing or join in or actually there wasn't any biscuits left at the end because uh, people were obviously too greedy or they didn't think ahead enough to get enough biscuits or whatever it is that we come and moan about um, that is not what church is that is not what family is and in fact we are Aaron church we are Aaron family and we all have a responsibility here to serve everybody else that's coming to church. So a, a few months ago, God really challenged me because I was thinking, I really want us to be a really warm, open, friendly church that no matter who walks through the doors, they will never walk out with having, without spoken to somebody or, without, um, or with feeling lonely. And, and God really, really challenged me and said, you cannot make other people do stuff. You are only responsible for yourself. If you want it to be a warm, friendly church, you be warm and friendly. And I was like, oh, but I really don't like talking to people. I don't know. But it was like, but if that's what I expect, if that's what I want, if that's what I would love to see, yeah, it's me. And so then now every week, I try my hardest to pluck up the courage inside, walk across the atrium and go and talk to somebody I don't know, because I want that to be the culture here. I want that. And I have a responsibility. I have a part to play in that. That is on me, not on anybody else. Yeah. Does everyone agree? Yes. Good. Um, so 
We all have a responsibility to be brave and take the first steps in offering something, in offering something to what's been, to what's been built here, to the vision. So we're doing it together. Anyone is included and we all can offer something. Um, so whatever gift you have, God has given to you, you need to use it. Now you can talk about gifts in terms of what skills and talents you've got, but you can also talk about gifts as everything that's in my kitchen cupboard is a gift to me. Everything that's in my bank account is a gift to me. My friendships, my relationships, my family, they're all gifts that God has given me and I have a responsibility to use them gifts. So it says in 1 Peter, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Galatians 6 says, therefore, we have an opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. We have gifts and we have opportunity and God tells us we have a responsibility and a duty to use those gifts and to use those talents, to use those skills and to use whatever resources we have in our hands. So what can we offer? Every single person here, if anyone's seen the Aaron video, you know that I love alliteration. I went for, I think, Fs when I said why I liked Aaron. Today I've gone for Ts. Um, so everybody has got something to offer. We all have time to offer. Now you might be sat there thinking, I don't have any time. I have got a family. I've got a business. I've got, I've got these commitments, that commitments. I've got nothing else to offer. Or you could be sat here thinking, do you know what? I just just sit at home on my own a lot of the time. I don't really have anything to do to pass the time. Whatever, in both ends of the spectrum, in both them ex- extremes, everybody has time. So even if you, lo- even if you um, can only contribute a tiny bit of time or if you can contribute days on end, we all have a responsibility for our, to use time and to contribute time. We all have different talents, completely different talents. Um, I absolutely am, cannot... Do not have Simon Moss's talent. I cannot be a sound person, never. Even if there was nobody else here that could do it, I would be the last person. I just couldn't do that. It's not my talent. It's not my gifting. Um, But I have different talents that I can offer, different giftings. We all have completely different things. Now, you might be thinking, well, I I can't sing. I can't speak in front of people. I don't have any patience with children. I don't understand young people. I've got nothing to offer. But actually, if you can, um, you know, if you are a host or you can welcome somebody with a smile or whatever your talent is, if you are just a really good listener, that is a talent that God has given you and you have a responsibility to use that talent. And lastly, the thing that we can give is tithe. So we here believe at Aaron Church there's that God has God gives us, all of our money is his, that's what we believe. And we believe that with our money, that God requires us to give money back to him. We believe that God has asked us to give 10% of what he's given to him back to him. It's all his anyway, so we give 10% back to him. But we also believe in offerings as well. We believe that tithe is something that we give regularly, something that we're committed to giving. But we also believe that God calls us to give offerings and gifts to people as well. So whether you are in debt or every single week you are counting the pennies because every penny counts or whether you have more money in your bank than you know what to do with it doesn't matter God is saying what I have given to you I'm not asking you to look to the person next to you and see well it's all right for them because they've got 
they've got this amount of money or it's all right for them because they're in this situation. God's not asking you to look at any of that. God is asking you to look at what you've got in your hands and what you can do with your money. When we look at time, talent and tithe, um, so often we can just kind of, for whatever reason, just mosey on by and not really not really give any of those, not really give anything out of any of those areas. So often we can just keep coming. Every week church seems to be functioning. Things in the week seem to be happening. Things seem to keep going. So I don't have anything to offer. I've got nothing to contribute. But it's just like if you went out for a meal with friends and time and time and time again, they footed the bill. They paid for dinner. They took the tab. That's not okay. That's not right. Actually, you're both eating, you're both drinking, you, we all have an equal responsibility to contribute our bit. If, somebody, if I invite somebody into my home, I don't expect them to sort themselves out. I don't expect them to, um, I don't know, get, get a drink whenever. I'm, I'm, I'm there to host them. I'm there to make sure that they're fed and that they're watered, make sure that they're comfortable, make sure I've made up a bed for them to sleep in. And that's the same here as Aaron and Church. We have a responsibility to host Little Hampton. We have a responsibility together to host West Sussex. It's our responsibility. So it's not Mikey's job to make sure that the young people are seen to. It's not the welcome team's job to make sure that everybody is, is welcomed. It's not Becca's job to make sure that she's, she's listening to God. Yes, technically it is their jobs, but what I'm saying is it's all of our jobs. We all should be here early in the morning, making sure setup's okay, making sure everything's packed away at the end. We all should be here, making sure that everybody who gets a cup of tea who can't walk all the way over there, making sure everybody has somebody to talk to when they're coming. It's our responsibility. This is our church. This is our family. We all have something to offer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, as we're building up to our vision day in, in a couple of weeks' time, we all, this is not the church leader's vision. This is our vision. This is our family's vision that we want to grow. We want to see Little Hampton a better place. We want people in Little Hampton to know what Jesus has done for them. We want them to know that they're free. We want them to know that they are saved. We want them to know that they are not at they're, they're not at a dead end. We want them to know that there is so much good stuff out there for them. We want us to know and understand what God has done for us on deeper levels. We want to see, we want to grow spiritually. We want to see healings. We want to see miracles. We want to see bonds broken that have never been broken before. This is our vision, not the leadership's vision. So we want to stand behind this vision together. We want to stand behind this vision, every single person here, and we all want to contribute something to this vision. Everyone, do you agree with me? Yeah, good. So what I want to do is as the band... Um, comes back up and just plays one more song. I just want to pray over our vision and I just want to challenge you all to think over these next couple of weeks how you can contribute to this vision. Not how, how, the, how the church as a whole can do it, but how you as an individual, what has God put in your hand, specifically you, you are one jigsaw piece and nobody else in this entire church has the jigsaw piece that you have got. You have got... you. 
If you're sat there thinking, yeah, but she's talking about everyone but me, that is not true. You are that jigsaw piece and you have something to contribute. So I want you all to be thinking and praying and asking God and opening your hearts to saying, God, what? What is it that I can bring? What is it that I can do? What can I do with my time? What can I do with my talent? What can I do with my tithe? Okay, let's all stand together and and pray. It would be really great if you're up for it and if you're comfortable, just put your hand on somebody next to you so we're all together in this. We are all family. We're all touching. We're all included. Father God, I thank you for Aaron Church. I thank you for every single person stood here this morning. I thank you that we are a family. I thank you that we're there for each other in good times and in bad times. I thank you that we, our journey started decades ago and it's going to continue on for decades into the future. And God, we thank you for our small piece that we're going to play in history. We thank you for our small corner of this country that you have given to us. And God, I just pray that you would just help us open our eyes, open our hearts and open our hands to what you want us to do. God, I just pray that you would just speak to me, speak to us, speak to every individual here about what their jigsaw piece is, about what their part is to play God. And I just pray over the next couple of weeks you will let you will just keep dropping thoughts and things into our heads about what we what is our part to play in this story. Thank you for family God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you for all that you have already done and all that you have given to us God. We just want to say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Amen.